Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. Happy Monday. How are you doing? I declare a state of emergency. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you stole my thunder. I was going to save that for I do my workshop later in the week, but it sounds good, so I think I will do that. <laughs> oh, now you give our listeners something to look forward to, because if you're going to do it at work, you might as well put it on Twitter, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of emergency. <laughs> oh, man. We'll take a very dry topic and make it even more, like make it, maybe spice it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you talking about a dry topic? You're talking about flooding. Yeah, <laughs> true. Floods, <laughs> COVID, hurricanes, earthquakes, you name it. <laughs> But you're like, what podcast are we listening to right now? <laughs> I know, I know. This isn't about Will's work life. Trust me, we don't. I would be put to sleep in ten minutes. <laughs> no, no, we do have headlines to talk about um, before we talk about Mandalorian season three, the most recent episode, the Harris. But um, first. There's just so many freaking announcements. Okay, let's start off with the one that I least care about but is interesting nonetheless. Okay. Ads Mickelson will mm-hmm. um, is is in negotiations to replace Johnny Depp from the Fantastic Beasts um, franchise. Yeah. Okay, like last week when we were talking about it, I was over it. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, Mads is in negotiations, and I'm. Okay, I go for you like Hannibal. Hey, let's the chief. The chief. I mean, <laughs> so many different roles. Mad Mads Mickelson is a great actor. Yes. He 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 uh, he does find himself kind of pigeonholed in the in the villain role. However, he is just so good in that role. And I'm thinking of another actor to compare him to, but I can't think of that actor's name. Um, but, but this is, this is good news. I still, at the end of the day, I'm kind of want, want on fantastic beast as a whole, but I mean, this at least kind of shifts the conversation more negative or more positive than yeah, negative. Definitely. Definitely. I think, it, whenever this news broke last week and on top of all the stuff going on with Johnny Depp and then, of course, there, of course, all the petitions to cancel Amber Heard and cancel Johnny Depp. And, you know, we, you know, it's like, OK, what can't who are we going to cancel today? But uh, but whenever I saw this news that that Mads was in the negotiation to uh, step into the franchise as Grindelwald and it, it was definitely like you said really sold on the casting if uh you know if you if you want to have one of those like games where you like play casting director he's definitely one of those individuals that would carry this mm-hmm. role and you know have the gravitas as, as you were saying to do it and 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 really help resurrect this franchise which uh, you're right. I mean, it has between J.K. Rowling and you know, Johnny Depp and so Ezra Miller. This 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 thing has had so many like hit negative hits on it that I feel like the the movie itself and it has been lost with all yeah. the off screen stuff going on with members of a cast and a creative team. So uh, I think this was this was good. Uh, and uh, you know they're in production now, and if he steps in and um, comes in, and I think he'll he will write the ship, so to speak, and 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 people will be very excited just to see him. I mean, you know, uh, I do remember, like for example, Rogue One. He was great in that one, and 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 so uh, it's it's definitely a plus for this franchise, which which they need right now. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about um, WB flops, let's talk about the DCEU. Or <laughs> 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 more news, I don't care. <laughs> um, suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Yeah. How many freaking cast members do you need? <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming like the Expendables, you know. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. Fair, fair point, considering it was announced that Sylvester Stallone is going to join this cast 
probably only to get killed. Probably. probably for like a minor moment on the screen. I just, I now the footage we saw during the fandom event, mm-hmm. I liked. Yeah. I was brought on board. I was re-engaged in this. However, since then, they continue to drop names of people joining the cast, and I'm like, we we don't need more people. To me, when an ensemble is so freaking tricky, and I know it's James Gunn, I, I know, I know, I know, mm-hmm. but still, yeah. he didn't have this many people. He, like, took Guardians of the Galaxy and expanded it by by three. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I just, I worry, and I worry about the screen time that Polka Dot Man will have. Yeah, Polka Dot Man, we, we may have seen all his screen time at DC Fandom. <laughs> will! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but it's interesting. My Polka Dot. <laughs> I hope not. I hope he's around for... For, for a while longer, but, uh, you know, the thing about this uh, casting with, with Stallone uh, was one of the other things that uh, James Gunn negotiated with DC as far as storytelling with the new Suicide Squad movie was that everyone is fair game. And so to your point of growing this cast, it's, it's almost too, like we're growing the cast so much that uh, you know, we will be able to dispense with Captain Boomerang and others pretty quick, you know, pretty quickly in various component spots in, in this film. So, uh, you know, if you're going to do an action movie, you know, Stallone, you know, bring some of the elder states, elder action film stars to the mix like Stallone or. Or you know, I, you know, at this juncture, I wouldn't be surprised if Arnold shows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, just, just, just for just to have that fun and seeing them in this in this type of film, and uh, yeah, and I do think that both Arnold and Stallone are are, are very underappreciated as far as the craft, their, their artist, you know, as far as their acting jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, so I think it'll be fun just just to see them in this film, and I actually. I I am still on board with it and uh, and still very excited to to see this particular version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and which which is which is tough because you and I still haven't even seen the original. <laughs> yeah, I don't, and I don't. I have I have no desire to. It's funny seeing on Twitter all the people say released a haircut, but I'm like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I think that 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 type of thing only works once in a while you can't just like do these kind of petitions and just think that the studio is going to throw another 70 to 100 million dollars at a film um unless the snyder um cut does big numbers and then all of a sudden it's like yeah where's that air cut however they are doing the air cut that's why the joker will Mm. appear in the snyder cut Yep. Because, you know, that was all a part of the original plan. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> Way back in two, yeah, we were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that was such a f- um, popular rendition of that beloved character. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, speaking about DC just being, you know, DC. Suicide Squad spinoff, Peacemaker, casting news. Um, Will, what is the news of the cast? Yeah, so they have uh, added four people. This is the spinoff, the Peacemakers, John Cena's character in the Suicide Squad movie. And uh, they, this past week, announced four additional cast members. Uh, Daniel Brooks from Orange is the New Black, Black is, has been cast to play a character named Leota Adebayo. And Robert Patrick uh, from Terminator 2 fame uh, is uh, cast as a character named Augie Smith and the thing about these two characters they seem to be completely original to this to this universe uh, as far this aspect of the multiverse mm-hmm. and that they haven't been uh, in any previous iteration of Suicide Squad or any other DC uh, comic mm-hmm. adaptation so those are the two people that uh, are added and then uh, Jessica uh, Jennifer Holland is reprising her role from the movie 
uh, as far as uh, Amelia Harcourt and um, Ch Chris Conrad is uh, playing Vigilante slash Adrian Chase, which, of course, Ooh. yeah. So, so of course, folks from, of course, from Arrow remembers Adrian Chase as, of course, um, as Prometheus. And, then, of yeah. course, Vigilante was a different character mm -hmm. who I, I can't, uh, I know he w was with Black Canary, but I can't remember. Um, yeah. No, that, but don't. I just remember the episode yeah. where he died. That's yeah, it. I don't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, but Adrian Chase, but he will be the attorney at, at you know the DA and uh, in this Peacemaker series. So, uh, so again, we as we have learned many times, the multiverse ha can, is well stocked with many different versions of these characters. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. The, I I know the twist that Arrow did on Adrian Chase, but that was such a beloved character in the in the long run. Yeah. Um, and such a special season. Granted, like most things, they never stick to the ending with those characters. But I just I hesitate because I I associate so much of Arrow with it. Mm -hmm. Um. Then again, I'm not even sure I'm sold on this show to begin with because I haven't even seen Suicide Squad two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. Either, so. Yeah, I um, mean, there's. So he has a ridiculous costume. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I know there has there hasn't been a, a release date for this this show yet. I mean, obviously the film is still in production, so uh, I guess they'll will pick up right after that because I know James Gunn is also behind the uh, spinoff as well. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got some projects to sort through and get get all planned out. Um, I, I guess he's playing the 2020 card. Like, sign me up for everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. 2020 will never end. <laughs> and I just, I want to make sure when it does end, then I'll figure out what I should prioritize. I'd probably walk away from a few projects. but Exactly. Well, um, as long as it's not Guardians from the Galaxy 3. Yes, and yeah. we will get to that. Yeah. But um, before we do, we do have one um, one last bit of the DC film news to get through. Um, because, you know, this headline never gets old. Wonder <laughs> Woman 1984 may go to HBO Max, shocker, in January 2021 or delay until summer 2021. Because WB continues to prove they have it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think, honestly, so I think what will happen with this film, it may still some get a limited release at Christmas just so they can just get it in the theater, make a little bit of money, even though at this rate, nobody, you know, no theater may be open to, to for it to go to. Uh, the way the way things are these days with uh, with COVID, but uh, I, you know I think it would be they 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 need they need subscribers to HBO Max at this point, and this yeah. would be and and this would be a, a a way that they like Disney did with Disney Plus did with The Mandalorian, what they did this past summer with Hamilton. This will be a great opportunity for HBO Max to really get subscribers to come sign up for their platform. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you and I have been raving about HBO Max because a lot of their series we've we've discovered over the past several months and and have adored. But that those series they are they're HBO. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's not as universally adored and um, and thought after as much as a superhero film so so i completely agree with you and and you know it, it just would be nice if they they dropped it because then disney can has more motivation to do counter programming mm -hmm. not even counter programming but just counter that and say oh you're gonna drop your female superhero movie we'll drop ours too and see who gets most yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> What? Well, Disney Plus has, you know, they have, was it, 73 million subscribers at this point? So, 
HBO's got a lot to catch up on because they only have around eight. So. Yeah, but I just I think of how much that number would change if they just released Black Widow on it, you know, for, yeah. for maybe a month. Considering what, what it did when when they dropped Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think majority of those 73 came from Hamilton because I I know I was one person end of season one of Mandalorian. I'm like, shut down. Yep, yep, <laughs> don't, I remember that. Don't yep. need anything else. Yep. And then Hamilton drops, resume. <laughs> <laughs> he stuck around. He stuck, he stuck around. <laughs> Mandalorian was right on his heels. <laughs> I did. I started yeah. I started to watch a few video movies that I haven't seen before. And I, was, I just let it play it out. And um, I think I did turn it off for one month. And then I when I repurchased, I purchased a bundle because I was also going through a thing where I was trying to better manage my subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear that. I hear that. (laughs) Oh man. Um, Speaking about date changes on subscription services. I don't, I don't like this. I, I disagree with everyone saying that they need a break. Mm. No, we need more content. <laughs> <laughs> WandaVision has been bumped to January 2021. Yeah. Don't I don't like it. <laughs> I was so excited for Christmas, you know? Yeah. The crown, and then I was gonna have like a some some geek thing happen in December, and now it's postponed to freaking January. I know, I know. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, you know, it was one of those things where I saw it and I immediately thought of Sarah and I was just like, oh boy, <laughs> how, how do I how do I share this news with her before she sees it on Twitter? You don't, you don't share it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, because I know we just been as as time has gone on, we've gotten more uh, interested in this in this mm-hmm. particular project and. And so when I saw that it was going to January, I I, I was also bummed because I one I think it's going to be you know obvious that there's no MCU at all this year, and then but two uh, you know it was I was starting to look forward to this particular uh, particular show and and it was you know, like you it was like okay here's something to watch over the holidays and. And and all and, and now we've got to wait until January fifteenth. So it's sort of like okay, well, alrighty then. Um, let's see, counting the weeks as far as Mandalorian, counting the weeks of Star Trek Discovery. So yeah, you know, I got to find you know maybe that'll be, this now will give me an opportunity to fill the void with some of the things I've been trying to catch up on over the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure th- we'll, we'll find things. Um, th- there is a lot of content out there at the end yeah. of the day. And a lot of us, over the months when there's heavy content, you think to yourself, oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And then when you have downtime, suddenly it's like, like we were, I was really behind on Lovecraft Country. That was airing for a good six weeks before I jumped on it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it happens. It's just it's just disappointing because we're we have already gone through months and months of these movie release dates just gambling and yeah. broke my heart when I heard about the Batman. I'm still not over it, and so to yeah. then be told, okay, you're not getting a Winter Soldier Falcon, but you are getting WandaVision. We just have to move it to the end. And then even that gets moved just a little bit. It's kind of like, okay, stop playing with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's description right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I guess that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, I could understand it if it was a production delay or something like that. But just because you know, they were figuring people are having like, oh, big, so, you know, show show fatigue or something like that. If it's too close to after. The Mandalorian raps or whatever. Uh, it's just like, nah, being, no, we're, we're we, we we like content. <laughs> so so I do have a theory about it, um, and maybe this is just me being wishful and knowing me, I never get anything right, so I, I doubt this will happen. But I was thinking about it um, because you're absolutely right. It 
they're not even saying it's a production delay. It just is delayed for whatever reason. Um, and we just got done talking about Wonder Woman 1984 and all of the do we drop it, do we not? And if you remember when they first announced Phase Four, mm-hmm. um, Black Widow came first. Yeah. And then it was Winter Soldier, and then it was Wandavision. Yeah. So. I honestly, there is a chance this is all just because they wanted to get Black Widow dropped first. And then something happens there that they want the audience to know about before they go into WandaVision. Mm. Possible. Very possible. Hypothetically. I'm yeah. just, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're, that there's... There is definitely, they always have a, the big, big picture in mind with these films. And, and you're right. It, it very well could be a plot point in the Black Widow film that is very integral to, to WandaVision, especially given that WandaVision is going to be a, a springboard to the multiverse. Right, right. And, and we all know that, that Black Widow is kind of a prequel and and so there it's already messing with timelines so you don't want to delay it too much mm-hmm. um so so there's a chance that that's what's going on but but again i never get anything right so don't don't get your hopes up um but we can get our hopes up about one thing because disney also like will drop bad news and then replace it with good news yep and thank the lord they dropped this piece of news. Chris Pratt will be in Thor, Love and Thunder. Thank God. Yeah. Can he, yeah. his part replace Natalie Portman's part? Because I'm not really looking for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it, it was good seeing seeing her back in, 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 in game. And, of course, it, it, and, it, and it makes sense that Star Lord and Chris, Chris Pratt shows up in, in this particular film because uh, because you know when we we last saw Thor and Star Lord they were heading off together at the end of Endgame so uh, it's so, perfect perfect yeah. like we just got our Thor and Hulk buddy cop film yeah now potentially we get a little adventure between Star Lord and Thor and they were great together were. yep in in Endgame and Infinity War. So I just, I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. And and I I can't, you know, the Thor who we got in Ragnarok completely works with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it does. So I just, does. I love it. And you can never have too much Chris, apparently. You cannot. Never. Yep. Never have too much. Um, all right. We do have a few more headlines to get through in terms of tv shows uh black lightning has announced that they are looking at doing a spinoff featuring painkiller and promoted series regular Chantel as grace Choi. and now is she gonna be in the spinoff no so uh the painkiller spinoff is they're doing a backdoor pilot in the seventh episode of their fourth season coming up and so uh, yeah, so if you know, obviously with the back door, sometimes they'll they'll get picked up, and other times they won't. Like for example, Green Arrow and the Canaries. But uh, yeah, but I think they, you know, Jordan Calloway, this particular character, Painkiller. Uh, you know, we we've talked about this before, especially when uh, you know season one and two, when you were really following mm-hmm. Black Lightning a lot closer, and uh, in, in his relationship with uh, Jennifer Pierce and. And he definitely has been one of the, the standout uh, characters in the in the show. And uh, his whole arc with Tobias and uh, being and then becoming an agent of the ASA, uh, whenever they manipulated him to 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 their bidding, and, and then of course his last season, uh, him trying to. Deprogram all the work things that they had you know, trained him to do. It's been a great arc with this particular character, so I'm, I'm looking forward to 
looking forward to to this uh, him being uh, his own show, and then of course Chantal Thuy as far as you know Grace Joy, you know Thunder Grace, uh, very of course even I guess pre Batwoman you had Anissa Pierce being the first one you know at least on television one of the first out lesbian african-american superheroes herself mm-hmm. uh you know and before javicia with batwoman so uh and you know and of course grace's relationship their relationship and uh how she's you know was very integral especially in this last season uh helping the team rid um friedland of the asa and the uh, the um Moravians who were, you know, getting the green light in, into the into the area. So, you know, it's, it's really cool to see how this show has grown. And you know, it's always you know been to me one of the more grounded shows as far as the, the, the now now it's officially part of the Arrowverse. So I, I'm I'm very excited for for both of them uh, as as we go into season four of the of Black Lightning. Yeah, and. And speaking about really, if they're going to replace Arrowverse with rather than CWverse, just call it the Berlantiverse. Yeah, <laughs> it really is his world. Yeah. Um, and he, for some reason, just can't help himself because he's looking at adding another show to that lineup. Probably um, in light of the news that Supergirl um, is headed off the air after the this final season and um this show is that he's currently looking at is wonder girl and will feature a latina lead um and obviously will be in development at cw yeah yeah so this this news broke late this afternoon where uh it's uh the the new wonder girl centers on uh, as you mentioned uh, it's a latina dreamer who she her name is uh, Yara Floor and mm-hmm. and it's part of the whole new DC uh, future projects in the comic books where uh, I think she's the future a future Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So uh, so in this uh, TV version she'll be Wonder Girl. Of course, most folks when we think of Wonder Girl, of course, folks are familiar with Donna Troy from Titans. Yep. Uh, but this particular character um, will be, yeah, she's you know part Amazon and and also a Brazilian river god, and she learns that she's Wonder Girl, and she's of course going to use her newfound powers to uh, fight evil. And the uh, the showrunner uh, of this particular project is uh, Dalina Rodriguez. Uh, she was the co um, showrunner co showrunner of uh, Queen of the South. Okay. Which a lot of folks, uh, I know like her friend Veronica, uh, I know yep. she watches that show quite a bit and I've seen others as well. Uh, I think it's on USA. So, uh, so, you know, it seems as we are, I think it's fair to say that the CW superheroes are getting browner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, they are. But we have. Yeah, they don't, they don't shy away from it. Granted, yeah. recent reports that we've heard about some writers rooms yeah, um, it's still not as as equal and equitable as we would like to yeah. are led to believe but but yeah i think i think greg um understands how this is a verse enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at bet mgm Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way to make a verse isn't to have 10 shows that all feature pretty much the same exact character. Yeah. Um, um, whether it be looks, gender, sexuality wise, but to really have a diverse world and to be able to um, expand your audience because, yeah, they may not identify with Superman, but they can identify with Black Lightning. Um, so pick and choose. He doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. And yeah, uh, or, and like, as we saw with the inspired casting of Javicia as Batwoman, I mean, that, you know, to, to have an African-American female lead and now with paint, painkiller, you have another African-American male as the lead. And with this show, uh, whoever they cast as uh, Yara, uh, you'll have a Latina lead. So uh, it's, you know, it, it's really, you're right. I mean, having the Berlantiverse and having a multiverse, you can take, you can have a real diverse range of characters and, and people playing these characters, which, you know, that, I think that's, that's a strong suit uh, for, for this. And, um, you know, and, 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 and really gives, um, gives a lot of people, you know, opportunities to not only for professional, not only the actors to, to, you know, to, to get roles and, and to lead folks. And I know they're trying, hopefully doing the same thing behind the scenes, but, but also as viewers, uh, kids and grownups can, can have characters that look like them and, and root for their stories. Yep. Yep. It, it's, it's looking good. I mean, CW, uh, I, I personally um, given all the other content we're getting on HBO Max, the movie content, um, it's it's still the CW. Whatever. Well, no, well, yeah, I mean, it is the CW. Talk Mandalorian, Will. We can only talk about DC for so much. I of- know. Well, it's just a lot of news today. I mean, we got some MCU stuff in there too, and then of course the last little throwaway line is Space Force was renewed, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Netflix actually renewed something. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even really want to talk Mandalorian. I just want to talk about something other than DC for a change. <laughs> um, Mandalorian season three, episode three, episode four, episode three, episode three. The Harris. Um, the big thing about this episode is you got Bo Katan, mm-hmm. Katie Sackoff. And you got Sasha Banks, which which I'm sorry, I continue to laugh at, considering everyone was so hyped to see Sasha Banks. And then we get to her quote-unquote episode, only for her to have about two lines in it, and basically it's Katie Katie's episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's funny. Whenever she, whenever Sasha Banks first appeared on screen, I, the first time around, I didn't realize it was her. And then... Uh, and then once I, you know, once I watched watched it a second time, I was like, oh yeah, there, you know, when they first when they were at the uh, at the docks there, uh, then I, I put the two things together. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, it's definitely Katie's episode. Very much Katie's episode, and very much I think an episode designed to really reward people who have watched Clone Wars. Yeah. And invest in, in other parts of this of this world, which I have not. And so for me personally, I I prefer last week's episode over this week's episode, primarily because of the action. Mm. I don't know what it was about this week. I was bored during the action to the point where I skipped over a few pieces of it because I was huh. like, oh, 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 oh. they're obviously going to take over the ship. Why is this dragging out for 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, care. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not, not a big fan of Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, action scene choreography there, huh? I just, I, or is there it- was- there was something about last week and how it was shot mm-hmm. that made me as uncomfortable as I was watching all of those freaking spiders. Yeah. Made me 
keep watching and 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 yeah they it was basically like okay how the heck are they gonna get out of this and mm-hmm. what's happening um and this escalated quickly but but there was there was um there was more what is a good word it was better paced mm-hmm. there was something about the action in this where i was just like why well, are we still on the ship well, I think, you know, honestly, when, now that when you mentioned that just now, to me, I think it's like we, we've seen this type of scene before. It's not, it's not new. I mean, Stormtrooper is being down at the end of a corridor shooting at, in this case, Mand- Mandalorian. Uh, it's just, you know, this plug and play Stormtrooper is shooting at Han, Luke, and Leia, or Han, Stormtrooper shooting at, you know, Obi-Wan or whoever, you know, we've, we've seen that before. So I, I get your point that that was like, we, we've seen this before and it, and it, it yeah, maybe it, it, it was a bit stale from a, from a, you know, from a in universe kind of thing that is very, very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was the familiarity of this whole setup. Now, that being said, having Katie and her crew there and him in- interact with them, and um, we learn a little bit more about the lore of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. as he- she points out that he is a child of, I have it in my notes and I just cannot see it anywhere. What is, what does, what is, he's part of the Dark Watch? He is a child of the of the, the watch, yeah. The watch, yeah, Ze- yeah. Zealots whose goal is to restore the ancient Mandalorian way. Yeah, yeah. So she's the part, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like that. There, he's the fundamentalist Mando Mandalorian, and she, her group, I guess, is the Night Owls. I think is what they were called. Who were not? Who were? Who take off their helmets? They take off their helmets, uh, yeah, and and were um, not. And, and I think they have some other pieces of their set that basically doesn't follow what a lot of the other Mandalorian do, and you know, including including Jar Jin's order as well. So, uh, but, and I thought that was you know I think that was good in the sense that it. And as you said, it was definite payoff for fans who have watched Clone Wars, who watched Rebels, uh, to because they were familiar with a lot of that backstory that a uh, more casual Star Wars fan is not. Um, but you know, but I felt so. I think they did a good job of just plugging that piece of lore into it, so that you know, a casual Star Wars fan could, could quickly pick up on you know the different philosophies within the Mandalorian order. Yeah. I, I mean this, this episode, I, I probably like 60% of it and I didn't really care for 40% of it. And, and again, it all goes back to that action um, because last week when we were talking that, that episode predominantly was action. And so to come off of that high and then to to get mixed, get hit with this ma- mashup of character progression, lore progression, as well as a major heist sequence, um, and and just a lot of squids, um, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of Baby Yoda getting karma uh, for for his um, dalliances with eggs in the previous episode. Um, so he got some payback headed mm-hmm. his way. Uh, but, but overall I was just, I guess, I guess it really does come back, come down to if you watch Clone Wars, you would love this episode. If you haven't though, it would just be another episode of Mandalorian. Nothing special though, in my mind. See, I I have, I I thought it was a special episode. I, I, I agree with you that the action sequences were very familiar uh didn't break any new ground as far as uh fight scenes or, or whatever like that but uh it it 
it, it did a good job of tying things back to the overall big big picture of the big story because we did we got to see we we, we learn about Bo-Katan and the and also the significance of the dark saber that we saw at the end of season 1 and how she is wanting to get that and of course again you know casual fan you got to look we don't know all the backstory. We, you know, we don't get the full backstory as far as why the dark saber is so such a treasured artifact in Mandalorian uh, culture. And but but clearly, it's very important to Bo-Katan. And of course, you know, folks familiar with the Clone Wars and and Rebel series, they know that you know she was the leader, and uh, and the, the of course just the black saber was fashioned by the the first Mandalorian who who joined the Jedi order and then of course left Jedi and, you know, all those, all that, all that mythos to happen that uh, again, to your point, uh, if you're not steeped in that animated star Wars universe, uh, then yeah, this episode probably was kind of like, okay, you know, uh, I feel like I'm missing some, missing, missing some pieces here as far as the overall big picture in the story. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I think but at least within the show it did a good job of pulling things back because we, you know we didn't have to wait long to see Gideon show up again um, and and so it was so we you know, we, we we see him back and so oh yeah he's the, you know so now we understand why Bo-Katan is wanting to find a dark saber because oh Moff Gideon has it and so there's that piece. There's also, you know, the thing that I've talked about uh, before, uh, the Empire. It's, you know, the, the remnants of the Empire is still there and, and functioning pretty pretty impressively when you're thinking that they're, they're running weapons and stuff to, uh, to, to, uh, to other systems and, uh, and, and, and still has their, you know, ships and... Uh, True believers who are still fighting it out tooth and nail to 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 keep to keep, to keep their their power. So you know, so you're seeing that aspect of it too, uh, as far as what's going on in the larger Star Wars universe at the time after after the, the Battle of Endor. So, yeah, but it was just it was boring because we've seen that in a yeah. few other places. Yeah. Um, over the past few episodes, which but there was something about it that it was so subtle and it, they didn't hold on it for so long that there was something about this where I was just I was over with after mm-hmm. the first five minutes and yeah. just like all right these guys are boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you this, yeah, I tell you um, the I enjoyed the most though were the frogs. <laughs> the frog the, family. The frogs are great. The frogs yeah. are great because it's it's Mama Frog, Papa Frog. Why Mando left Yoda the egg killer with the frogs <laughs> is beyond yeah. me. Um, but but apparently he was on his best behavior. Thank the Lord. Yes. Um, I think I think he he got too many. He had a lot of squids thrown in his face this episode. Yeah. And um, but I I do I do think though well. That when all season two is said and done, I don't think, and and maybe I'm kind of like um, jinxing this, but I don't think this episode, you'll look back and be like, oh yeah, episode three, stand out. Mm-hmm. Because especially with, and I don't know much, but I do recognize this name of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And she's coming. And yeah. and I I just I feel like this was an appetizer. This yeah. was a moose bouche, a moose bouche for <laughs> for the the stories that are left to be told this told this season, mm-hmm. and they're only getting started. So yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think you're right about that. I mean, I think this definitely was. Uh, definitely a, a a bridge episode. A lot a lot like her episode, like the episode that. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard directed the first season, uh, mm-hmm. 
where they were on the 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 planet uh, where where they had all the farmers and the huts and stuff and and they came across the imperial. Um, you That's know, the, like every other episode. <laughs> no, I know, but the one where they had the the um, Gina Carana in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I remember it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a bridge. I think it was a bridge episode. It was good. It was solid. Um, moved the ball forward as far as the plot. And, and 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 yeah, I think this episode does the same. I mean, it definitely, re, you know, it, it reminds us of Gideon's back is out there. Um, you know, we we Mando, they didn't drag the story along too far along with him finding others of his kind, which I'm I'm glad that they got right to it. Uh, interesting how this season's total setup, Mando find other Mandalorians, mm-hmm. and he has found other quote-unquote Mandalorians. It's just not who he's looking for. Right, right. Which I think is very smart and a um, just just very similar to, to cultures in our own world mm-hmm. um, and how you, like, like um, different cultures have different tribes. And it's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking for... An Alaska native, but but not this type. I'm looking for this type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just and 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 why is that important? Well, if you look at the fine print, there's very different um, practices and mm-hmm. just it's a, a different version of that culture. And so I I think that's a really smart idea to to kind of pay forward on that setup but also not having him immediately find what he's looking for and not have it dragged on too long and, and expand that universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there was no stand in this episode. I will also give <laughs> a plus. I appreciate yeah. the variety. I appreciate um, what they did with Waterworld. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of lot of calamari. I was just every time I saw one of Mount calamari, I was just like, "It's a trap." I was looking for I was looking for someone to say it. I was I was I was like I was let down. No one said it's a trap. <laughs> I I like how um, looking back at the three episodes of the season, we start off desert planet. Mm-hmm. We we then go to an ice planet. And now we're at Waterworld. And yeah. so it's just, okay, I see what you're doing. Keep keep changing the scenery. Changing yep, yep. the scenery. So um, next, next week we'll be on the forest planet. I think our weather's actually, I think, is it next week's episode he's directing? Or? Oh, I have no idea. Well, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I, yeah, I know he's directing one this season. So, uh, but. Um, yeah. Other things we've been watching, I completely watched season four of the crown yesterday <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> did you wow so um, spoil alert ten episodes. Diana dies <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, the crown season four I skipped one episode because I just I'm I'm over princess Margaret so I didn't really care okay. um but overall, I think that I still think season two is my favorite season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really the the Diana and and Prince Charles stuff, great. It's exactly what you want it to be. You want more of it. In fact, huh. um, they're they 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 did a great job. The, my my one critique. They they really make Charles the villain to it to a detriment um, mm-hmm. to to kind of an irredeemable place, which which is not a smart thing to do. Um, just because you 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 wanna you wanna have hope for people to change, and yeah. and they really make it clear that no, he's an asshole. Um, and and Di- Diana too. Diana does some stuff where you're just like, huh. Okay. All right. Well, I get it. Um, but you're, you're also, it, it, it's, it's interesting because they almost make them 
appear so similar that they just repel each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that kind of happened in real life. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, so, so I, I really, I really liked the Prince mm. um, Charles and Princess Diana part. They, they, you, it is, it is their show um, for a lot of it. Margaret Thatcher. Her presence was very interesting because they did a great job about really, in a way, paralleling Diana's introduction to the royal family with Margaret's. And, um, and, and they both have very different introductions to the family and and they wind up in very different places at the end of everything and and i don't know much about margaret thatcher's story or her history um but i i I really like her whole arc in the Mm. season they did a really good job her and um queen elizabeth played off of each other brilliantly this 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 season is all about the ladies it's all about the ladies yeah. Yeah. Well, I've only watched the first episode um, and and not have even have not finished the, all of it, but I've made it to about the last 15 minutes of it. Uh, but I, I agree with you uh, on the uh, Thatcher. Queen Elizabeth story uh, and their, how they play off each other. I, I when they first whenever Thatcher first meets the queen and I, I love the spoiler alert set up with uh, uh, the queen always having a game of picking the prime minister's cabinet. Yep. Yep. And, and, uh, and, and then when and Thatcher uh, was relaying that to her husband about how, how the queen had uh, picked her, had, named all the members of her cabinet and, 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 and her impressions of her doing so, uh, you know, it, 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 and not, I guess she, you know, how she, she, she had imagined it was going to be one way, but then she found the queen was entirely someone else. And I was reading an article uh, today and I had, obviously it's something I'll, well, you know, see as I watch the rest of the, watch the rest of the season. But, uh, uh, they were talking about Thatcher and and the Queen and both of them and their and their and their father, their daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, how similar their fathers were uh, as far as uh, individuals and how it shaped their personalities and their styles of leadership. And oh, you have no idea. Yeah, so uh, that's one of the things I you know as far as I looking forward to things as far as this particular season. And of course, uh, it, it, you know, you, you say Charles gets painted as a villain and it, it was pretty much telegraphed in that first episode with how he, uh, how he treats Dickie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm not, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, so I agree with you that so far, uh, at least to date, uh, second season definitely seems to be the strongest. Uh, I thought the third season overall uh, was um, it. The, really, the only episode that stood out to me is the Aberfan episode and the and the one where Charles goes off. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah, those were the two. And and uh, and and I knew I was I was listening to Fat Man and Beyond with uh, Kevin Smith and Bart Bernard, and they were talking about. I guess Bernard is an Emmy voter, and he was saying the Aberfan episode was the one that uh, they that they they had submitted for for the Emmys, and I I would agree with that because I thought the third season was played a little bit too much into the soap opera element, and and not so much into the world affairs and things that were going on at a very critical time in her in her leadership, uh, given that she's been leader almost seventy years. <laughs> yeah, I think this season they do a good job with having a few surprised standalone episodes about politics. And there's, um, there's a great one-off one um, about halfway through. And then there's one between her and a showdown, essentially between her and, and Thatcher. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, 
And but but that article is spot on, and they they do a great job explaining that throughout the season about how how similar they both are, mm-hmm. and and yet they still had their differences, and and they still had respect. It, it's just it, it's a very interesting chess game that gets played between them, that gets played with. Prince Charles and and Princess Diana and um and and then even um who, Prince Philip has mm. um it has a good ending speech to kind of summarize what really the the pathos for the family was this season. Um so overall I'm I'm pretty pleased with this season. Um oh. I think I had a little bit higher expectations, but then again I'm not underwhelmed like I was in previous seasons. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure, if you do do a rewatch after, I know you you benched it, but if you do a rewatch, spread it out a little bit, maybe maybe it'll give you an opportunity to to, to pick up some some of those I, things. I don't do rewatches. <laughs> Only rewatch billions. That's about it. Yeah, um, true. We'll. We've we've been talking for a while now, so just yeah. really quickly because yeah. I honestly can't remember this episode. Just two minutes, fit um, yeah. elevator speech about the right stuff. Right stuff <laughs> this week, yeah. You know, it, the series is starting to starting to lose a little bit of energy. To be honest, uh, I I'm still enjoying it, but I'm I'm finding uh, this episode really got into uh, Shepherd's mercury uh launch and it really the the competition and the um dynamics between glenn and shepherd really you know continue to be this the focal point i thought of this this last episode and all the jockeying for being first and then uh and, and of course uh, spoiler alert uh shepherd's uh indiscretions uh, came to a head, so. Um, but you know, but I'm still enjoying the series. Uh, I think it's. I think we're at. I think we'll have maybe one or two episodes left, and uh, I, you know, I still recommend it to folks. But uh, I, I, I wanted to. I wanted to see more missions now than some of instead of belaboring the point about Shepard and and Glenn's issues. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly fell asleep, and I think I skipped like majority. Of the yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, it, it just yeah. I mean, it, I thought that. I mean, there really is, as I said before. I think parts of it, it is starting to to lose a little bit of steam uh, because I think they're just dwelling too long on uh, the the Glenn Shepherd thing too much, and you know, there, yeah. there's seven of them, and but yeah. So that, that that's my big big problem with the series at this point is. There's other stories to be told, and I wish they would would focus on some other characters. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's it for us tonight. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. You can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.